Operation Sabotage. That's the name of today's little weed transmission on this Friday morning, Operation Sabotage. Very cold where I am today, finally feeling like it's the autumn, almost feeling a little on the winter side. I think it's about 40 degrees, windy, the trees are losing their leaves, but nevertheless, a great day to be alive, a great day to be orating, a great day to be outside walking in nature. So yeah, Operation Sabotage, that's the name of today's little wee transmission. And I wanna discuss a list that I had made the other day on the Vedic Sex Fertility and Yoga channel on Telegram about certain facets or characteristics that the deletes or the skexis utilize to restrict human sovereignty and love. And of course, that would definitely be Operation Sabotage. All of these things are hormonally ruinous, and that's one of the main ways. There's so many ways that they control or control society, but if you're able to fiddle with people's hormones, you've really got them. Just look for a small example at the LGBTQIAV+. It's so easy to control those people because they're hormonally altered, they're dysfunctional, right? And more and more are we seeing a a cascade of all of this happening and different types of hormonally ruinous, I guess you'd say agendas, but also results of said agendas affecting all people, not just people who are part of the LGBTP. Of course, that's really just a subset of, I don't know, one or two percent. At least they say they have those low numbers like the Oives. How do we even really know? But for the most part, that's still considered a minority, even though it's become a nauseating aspect of pop culture. But there are many ways, there are many hormonally ruinous characteristics of zio-industrial society that the deletes utilize to restrict human sovereignty and love. And of course, why would they be doing that? Because when people are living in their sovereignty, they're going to have love for themselves and the beings around them as opposed to this culture that just promotes death and hate, essentially. And anything that is counter to those things is labeled as hate speech. It's pretty easy to see. And once you know the formula or the recipe, it can be applied to anything. So it's not like you're going to have to look at every single agenda out there and wonder if it's real or not, or what they're doing, how they're pulling the wool over one's eyes. It's a recipe. Once you have the recipe, you can make it or make the, make the food with it. So here, are some hormonally ruinous characteristics of the Zog industrial society. Of course, we're on the precipice of the futuristic society, but I'd say we're still in the industrial society. We probably have like one foot in each. It's like standing on the border of a country or a state. That's kind of where we're at right now. The next seven to eight years will push us into the futuristic society. So the first thing on this list, these are all should be pretty obvious, maybe not. Some people actually did that little emoji thing where they put the, the hand to the chin, like, hmm, I'm questioning if this is true, but I know not everyone's up to snuff on all this type of stuff. Maybe they don't wanna realize it. Maybe they don't wanna look back at their past and say, oh fuck, I, I engaged in some of these things. Well, shit, we all did, right? It's, it's, it's no shame, it is, it is what it is. We were born into this. So the first one, that uh, the deletes utilize to restrict human sovereignty and love would be MGTOW. Total, absolute psyop, uh, which involves, you know, misogyny and swearing off uh, relationship and intimacy with women, uh, aggressive utilization of pornography. And of course, MGTOW is 
basically the reaction to feminism, which of course is number two on the list, which is the reaction to living in a patriarchy or Talmudiarchy society. And I know there are some people out there who are talking about feminism in a different context. I'm essentially talking about the Zao Sludge type, the type that allows men to join women's groups, the type that have no racial consciousness whatsoever. But even the types of feminism that are racial, they still exist within the confines of a patriarchal or a Talmudiarchy society, right? If we had a matriarchal or matrifocal or ancestral society, we wouldn't need any of this. They're all reactions, and at the end of the day, they restrict human love and sovereignty. Number three should be the most obvious one, the LGBTQIA+. It's become very trendy to promote these things. Uh, the other day I was at the store, yesterday actually, shopping for a card, and now I see this entirely new genre of Christmas cards, LGBTQ Christmas cards. What? You know, it's like it's marketing, you know? And of course, it, it becomes part of the pop culture, it becomes part of the lexicon, and language is how they control, or one of the main ways they control things. So I saw this card that said, gosh, what the hell did it even say? I think I still have it saved over here. Here it is. Uh, nope, that's not it. I love you queerly. Yeah, I mean, do you really know anybody who would ever say that to somebody else, regardless of their appetization of what sex or genitals they're interested in? I don't think so. But again, they're seeding, they're seeding the culture with language. This is how they do it. It's made of language, right? I mean, when you think about it, something that Terence McKenna says, it's kind of actually wild that society is held together by language, by small mouth noises. When you really think about it from that kind of panoramic perspective, it's kind of frightening, especially considered the language that a lot of people use today, the way some people talk. Wow, it has really, really dropped off. Sometimes when I'm in a store and I'm uh, engaged in a discourse with someone behind the counter who's maybe only, I don't know, 10, 15 years younger. I don't know. It's like from a different world. I almost feel like that movie Idiocracy when they go into the future and no one can really speak English. The fourth one on the list is the dating app, the pump and dump culture. So of course we always had a pump and dump culture probably going back to I don't know how long. I mean before the dating applications there were many websites that one could engage in if they wanted to do this type of stuff. But with the apps, with the fact that it's actually in your hand, this you can all the time be on your mobile, you know, sifting and surfing for humans to do these things with, it makes it so much more game-like you're more likely to get these ample dopamine hits and becomes more of an addictive thing as opposed to being like, oh, I've got to check my email to see if, you know, someone winked at me on match or I've got to check, you know, whatever. Very different the way it works now with the applications. And it's really messed up the way that not just men and women react, react, relate sexually, I think it's messed up the way everybody relates to one another, whether it's in a romantic sense or not. Because when you just are looking at someone on an application and thinking, oh, this person's, quote, hot, what does that really even mean, right? Someone could look hot, but you meet them and their gait could be terrible, their voice could be terrible, their posture could be ill. There's so many things that could go wrong with that. But uh, it really just reduces and deduces people into nothing more than a whole. 
which of course is exactly what Big Z would want. I mean, remember a lot of these terms they utilize in the TS or transsexual community when they're talking about the conformation surgery, a lot of that comes from pornography, which is the next thing on the list, pornography, right? Of course, that restricts human sovereignty and love. Have all of us probably watched it at least once? I would venture to say that's possibly true, if not more than that. And it's something that maybe we are drawn to because there's something um, scintillating and titillating about seeing people naked on the camera, you know, or on the screen, especially when you see it for the first time. It's like, whoa, what is this? It's a, it's a charge, especially since our sexual energy is our creative energy. But it's used to abuse us. I mean, think about how many people these days, especially men, are completely and totally habituated to pornography. Some of them finding it as young as seven years old. I mean, it's, it's really scary. But if we, again, just like with the dating applications, if we just see someone as a whole to use to get off, how is that gonna work to foster human love and sovereignty? It's not going to. The next one on the list is plastic surgery, which has gotten very, 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 very popular. Now even men having plastic surgery procedures, which has been something that typically wasn't much of a thing or it was very on the hush. I mean, in the 50s, when the golden people of the golden era were doing, the film stars were doing the plastic surgery, no one spoke about it. It wasn't something you spoke about. Now it's like trendy to, to tell people and show your before and afters and it's really, really weird. It's also really weird how a lot of people just say, oh, you know, I was born with, you know, said body part that was dysfunctional. Now I'm getting rid of it and upgrading it. There's something very bionic and transhumanistic of it. And we wouldn't have this LGBTP culture of people lopping off their loins without plastic surgery first becoming normalized. I did this post a couple of weeks ago on my channel and it showed a gal who had unfortunately uh, given, not given, gotten a double mastectomy. She, a young gal, I'm assuming it was a bun from the neck down, but I'm assuming she was probably in her 20s or so. So she had made this terrible decision, probably, you know, brain poisoned it to doing so, to get a mastectomy. And then at some point, I guess she realized, fuck, holy hell, what did I do? And she got breast implants, which I think we're going to see more and more of that happening. And I wrote in the post, you know, the trend used to be like in the 90s and the early O's was to go pneumatic, was to be as large as possible, like the, the Baywatch look, right? And now women are cutting them off. It is absolutely crazy. It's really, really crazy. And all of this is hormonally ruinous. We don't just need our breasts because you know, they look nice in clothing or to nurse a baby. There's a hormonal reason why we have these body parts. They're not just tits, you know? I mean, it's, it's ridiculous to even have to explain something like that, but some people just see them as like a benign part of their body they can interchange, which is very transhumanistic. The next thing on the list is contraception and HRT. So they get you when, when you're young with contraception, the main one, of course, being the birth control pill. There's also shots, there's implants, there's some ring that goes up the yoni, there's the IUD. I mean, those are all the ones that are hormonal. And of course, those cause lots of problems, especially for many women who end up being on those things for years, for years, like not just a few years here and there, which is still not good. I'm not advocating it in any regard, but some women are on these things for literally decades. This birth control pill and all these hormonal contraceptives, which essentially are hormonal blockers. It's no different than a puberty blocker, really, because it really fucks with you, especially when you're young and your body is first kind of, 
kind of getting its flow going and getting the hormones regulated, this is when young gals are put on these medicines. So before we had the advent of putting youngsters on puberty blockers before puberty happened, we were putting them on contraception. So this is a plan that's been going on for decades, right? We're just in the thick of it and the most intense aspects of it right now. Many things happen with the pill. Um, it will age what's known as the crypts, which is the inside of the cervix. It will thin the inner labia, making the yoni look more like one of those pseudo yonis that some Frankenstein Dr. Z will give to some misogynistic, insane, transsexual man. So it's got a whole bunch of connotation with that. Um, it's, it's actually difficult to get fully aroused, to fully blossom and bloom during um, solo lovemaking or during partnered lovemaking when you take the birth control pill. You won't be able to have these internal orgasms. You'll only be able to have these like cheap orgasms. Well, they're not really cheap. I really shouldn't say that, but it's not the same. Every orgasm can be a good orgasm, but it's, it's almost like if it's just external and it's not internal, then you're, you're missing out on something. And, and of course that also would have to do with the man being inside to provide that, right? So it's, it's, it's so many things. You know, can, we can see the cumulative aspects of this. And then something else, once you're older, once you, once you spend all your, your time on contraception, then they put you on something called HRT, which is a hormonal replacement therapy, which is synthetic estrogen, right? Of course, we know so much about the hoax of the estrogen industry and how they tell you that estrogen goes down after the change. This is all a hoax. Uh, progesterone, the hormone of progestation goes down. So they're putting women on basically the shock or the stress hormone. Interestingly enough, the same thing they put men on who want to become women, or I shouldn't even say that, who think they're women. You can't become a woman. You're either born one or you're not. There's, there's nothing like saying, oh, you know, uh, quote, cis women own periods. No, no, no. It's not about ownership. It's about what is. If you're it, you have it. If you're not, you do not. So yeah, the HRT, they scam heaps of women with that. Um, it's just a scam, a scam, a scam. And I would venture to say that these scams hit women harder than men because we're the ones that create the life in our bodies. Do they hit men hard too? Certainly. But a lot of these hit women harder because we're the ones that uh, create, create life. The next one on the list is big fertility. And of course, that's totally intertwined with the contraception and the HRT. So big fertility would include IVF, in vitro fertilization, uh, surrogacy. I'm completely and totally against these things. I know some people who are racial or say that they're racial. I don't think you could be racial and agree with any of these things on this list. And there's a humongous difference between being a racialist and a separatist like myself and then being pro-white. That's kind of like pop culture at this point. It's a meme. It doesn't really mean that much. It doesn't really stand for that much. So this is a huge industry, especially since they've poisoned so many people and created, quote, infertility. So they have this IVF and this surrogacy, which is not a solution. And actually you can do rounds and rounds and rounds of this IVF, draining your pocketbook, uh, draining your key and your life force, and it actually can render you infertile. Like seriously infertile, not just what they tell you is quote infertility, which is really just subfertility and you know, emotional conflict, stress, ill diet, foul relationship, childhood trauma, etc. Right? 
unless of course someone has like some serious maybe issue internally inside but I still think that that could be healed naturally in most cases but that's going to be a big thing going forward the quote big fertility I kind of hate that word anyway the, putting big in front of it but that's what they really call it but that's going to be a big thing moving forward especially with the LGBTP uh, that's probably the real purpose for this in the first place it was just seeded into the lexicon for you know hetero couples but it is going to be booming in the next couple of decades with all these transsexuals. Uh, mark my words on that. You will see it occurring. You will see horrors beyond your comprehension of what could actually occur. You will see um, autogynephilic men using women's bodies uh, as surrogates to create youngsters that they'll probably do. I don't even know what they could possibly, I don't even want to say to even put it out there into the ethers, but this is going to be a huge, huge problem. It also allows Dr. Z to play to play God or play goddess is more like it, um, and that's that's a lot of power for tech and allopathy to have. The next one on the list, of course, is intertwined with this as well, is the industrial birth system. The system of all the things that they make you do, they tell you you have to do, otherwise your baby's going to die. All the MK ultrasounds, all the, quote, genetic testing, the diabetes test, the strep B test. Uh, it goes on and on and on. Being categorized as high risk, uh, elected C-section, um, it goes on and on and on and on and on. And this is the usually the way that they get people to become customers for life in the allopathic system, shitstem, especially if they make you believe that they saved you or they saved your child. So it's a huge, huge thing. A lot of women are becoming aware of this. Some before they have their first baby, some have a few babies and then they figure it out afterwards, but they figure it out after going through the terrible experience. And it can be a terrible experience that may not even end in a live birth. It could be a terrible experience you had after a miscarry, after an abortion, you know, after like a molar pregnancy or an ectopic pregnancy. So it's not necessarily that you go home and you have a baby. It can be that it's ruinous in many other ways. So. This is a huge, huge thing. They run society uh, by, this is one of the main things they use to run this society. And ever since about the 50s is when the Zogspital really took control of um, birth and birth became something that was happening in the hospital, even though it's not a medical event. I remember that birth is physiological, just like an orgasm or, or a bowel movement. If you couldn't take a shit, you would have to stick something up your ass or take a pill to force it out. If you couldn't have an orgasm, you'd have to tighten your PC muscles or fastidiously stroke yourself in a way to have it, which is not physiological. The same thing is true of birth. If you're forcing it, forcing the baby to come out, ripping open the stomach, ripping open the yoni, it's not physiological. You're going to ruin the hormonal pattern, which can have lifelong consequences thereafter. Most people don't know this, of course, but this is how they traumatize. And when they traumatize, they sabotage. And when they sabotage, they traumatize. Next one on the list comes after the industrial birth, and that's circumcision. If you are a Gentile or, or a, uh, a non-oive or uh, Islamic, you are whisked away moments after you were born. And one of the most sensitive areas of your body, if you're a little boy, 4,000 nerve endings on your penis are amputated. 
amputated in the name of health and safety, protection from HIV, uh, cleanliness. Uh, it looks better because, of course, you know, an uncircumcised penis is, quote, disgusting. I'm just kidding. I don't think that at all, but that's what we've been told to believe. And, of course, it's a covenant with Yahweh. Oh, and also, too, even going back further than that, the original reason that people were doing this, and back in the day, they didn't take off the entire skin. They only did a little snip for, for the blood to let, and that was the covenant with Yahweh. And that originally comes from many, many years ago when the goddess cultures were, were basically dying out and the patriarchal cultures were taking over, there were men, of course, because all these priesthoods that are patriarchal are all men, men in skirts, mind you, no women. Remember, women are the natural spiritual authority on earth, men are the physical. This is just the way it is. If you want to argue this, I mean, just go back into the same annals of people who were arguing about the races. So this is just what it is. Just, that's it, you know? but uh, it was a mock ritual that men of priesthood classes were doing to pretend they were getting a monthly bleed like women. So the womenvi, the misogyny, it's, it's, it's so historical. And we have it all, you know, still today in this, in this society because most people are asleep at the wheel. Something else about circumcision I should uh, mention. I think also they take off more now than they did decades ago. And I think they're gonna keep on doing that because the more of the glands they're able to expose the more uh, it'll rub against you know, one's trousers, the more possibility of them to be aroused, uh, the more possibility of them to not have the sensitivity that they could if the glands was covered by the skin. Oftentimes men who have circumcised penises are um, more habituated to pornography. They may have um, issues with premature ejaculation, less able to have a woman um, orgasm internally or to bond with a woman. So there's a lot of fucking problems with the things that they do to people and the lifelong things that, it, that happen from it. I mean, it hijacks the amygdala and the hypothalamus, especially if it's on the eighth day, like the Uyves or age 13. Oh my God, like the Pislamics do. And finally, the last one on the list, vaccination. Vaccination is one of the ways that they basically, after they've done all these things to people when they were first born, then they vaccinate you and they vaccinate you over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, especially more if you go to college or the military or if you're going overseas or any of this stuff because you don't want to catch that big bad virus. And the more vaccines you get, the more they're able to dumb you down, slow you down, make you sick, kill you. And then you'll be more likely to fall for all the things I just talked about. LGBTP, MGTOW, feminism, pornography, the pump and dump culture, plastic surgery. It all works together. If they're able to poison you from the get-go, they can really sabotage. So I think that's all I have to say for this uh, little clip. Kind of a morose topic, sure, but it's important to get this out there. And it's also important that it's all tied together because some people are talking about one facet of this and not comprehending it all ties together. There's not one tentacle, there's many. And in this case, I think we just went through 13 things. So there's many, there's many tentacles of the skeptical octopus. So I'll leave it at that. I hope you're having an amazing day, wherever you are in this big white world. I'm gonna get on with this hike and then I'm gonna go get myself some oysters. So until the next time, we'll be chatting again soon. Hope everyone has a lovely weekend. Satnam.